You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lintonello. We're here with the Classic Car Show, and uh, we've got Tom and Richard on the line. And uh, gentlemen, good morning. Good morning. How you doing, David? Good morning. So here we are in the midst of of the season and uh, moving forward and all things uh, good. Uh, you know, I have something that's sort of a personal aside to bring up quickly, and that is that uh, Steve Moskowitz, our CEO at uh, the Antique Automobile Club of America, um, and he'll kill me for saying this, but uh, just went through on Thursday a 12-hour long back operation, operation on his spine. I can't imagine 12 hours worth of uh, surgery on that. Uh, He called me earlier this morning, first time I've talked to him since he had the surgery, and believe it or not, they actually had him up yesterday doing a couple of steps, and they're going to have him up walking today. It just blows me away. Um, Wow. Literally opened up his back from stem to stern. You know, that's good technology. (laughs) Right. It is. Absolutely incredible. He'll pull through. He's a strong fellow. Yep. Good. Uh, Good news. Is 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 for sure. Yeah, it's great news. Uh, Yeah, we love Grandpa. Like a Timex. (laughs) (laughs) The important thing uh, was he out of pain. Well, right now he's on so many painkillers uh, post-surgery that I, I don't think he'll know for a couple more days. <laughs> I did ask him that, and he says, well, because I really don't even hardly know which end is up, but uh, in a few more days once they've weaned me back, I should should have an idea of where I'm at. So, oh, great, great. Um, well, we'll, we'll certainly foremost, keep him in mind all the time. Yeah, so uh, I'm really happy for him that's a a heck of a uh, barrel to be looking down so that's uh, one thing that's past him so the antique car world can breathe a sigh of relief it looks like Moss will be back on the job in a couple of weeks so that's good and I was going to ask you Christmas time and I was was going to ask him to come by this weekend and help me change the brakes on my car so I guess that won't happen huh (laughs) Not too bad. You're gonna you're gonna have to get your better half to come out and help. But she she's oh, under right. the weather, so hopefully you're not under yeah. the weather. Yeah, she has COVID. Our daughter-in-law has COVID. I mean, it's just awful. But I just got a flu. That's it. I tested negative yesterday, so that's good. I don't need it a third time. <laughs> Twice was enough. Yeah, I've had it three three times. I've had it. Um, I've been vaccinated and boosted and all that stuff so who knows anyways so you've been doing a lot of work in the garage i mean you're just like a busy guy um out there taking care of everybody who's sick in the house out there in the garage working on the triumph you know yeah you you must be drinking your insurer these days no of course every hour you know i need that protein but uh you know when everybody's sick in the house i gotta get the heck out so uh, I've been working on the Triumph. Uh, I've been assembling the suspension. 
front suspension. And yesterday I started on the rear and uh, putting the new brake lines in that I had uh, custom made for the car. And they fit like a glove. And, you know, just do more bead blasting of uh, engine components now. But then once the chassis is completed, then I'll put the engine together. The transmission has already, the gearbox has already been rebuilt. The rear axle has been rebuilt. That's just sitting there. I repainted the Coney shocks yesterday with the orange paint. And uh, well, it was looking good. So uh, it's like one big jigsaw puzzle. You know, I, I definitely don't advise people to buy a basket case like I did where literally dozens and dozens of boxes of the car was disassembled and nothing was labeled. I mean, nothing. So it's like one big Revel monogram plastic car kit that we used to do back in the 60s and 70s. So uh, it's uh, it's a challenge, but I really enjoy doing it. It keeps your mind off a lot of other things, like when is the magazine coming, you know? It, it should be here any day now, and uh, yeah, I have a good time doing it, and I, well, it's, it's enjoyable. Talking about basket cases, um, you know, I've worked on a few quasi-basket cases over the years. Nothing really, you know, got awful. Uh, I did have a cousin bring me three chainsaws in a box that were completely disassembled. They were all different models, and it was just one big wow. jumbled box full of junk. And I was able to put it all back together and, and give them give them back to to him. And uh, Russell was uh, using those things last I talked to him some years back. But anyhow, yeah, it's fun. But I know why you bought that basket case. It was cheap. I bet you I do. It was cheap. At, yes, it was. It was cheap. <laughs> well, you know, the, the body was in solid condition, fairly solid for a Triumph. Uh, all the pieces, basically all the pieces were there. Uh, the chassis was in great shape, no rust, great, no accident damage. So to me, that was, uh, you know, worth buying. And uh, so, yeah, sometimes, you know, uh, you have to, if you don't have the money to, to buy a car that's restored, this is an alternative route, but you really, you know, got to have the space because a disassembled car takes up like, you know, three spots versus, you know, one. You got to have shelf space for all the parts. So uh, it, it's an experience. It really is, but I'm enjoying it. A lot of fun. Yeah, as you said, it's not a whole lot of, a whole lot different than having all the, um, I guess little plastic rectangular pieces holding all of the various parts of the model spread out all over the table so that, you know, when you're going through and looking through your instructions and trying to put everything together, you can go to it and find it and see where it is because surely you've got to lay it all out. You do. You need space. And like I said, disassembled car takes up, you know, two to three spaces of a regular car. Of one space, so uh, yeah, I have three. Uh, I have two workbenches and one long uh, counter that's about uh, you know eighteen feet long, and uh, it's still covered with all parts. And I got parts in bins that are that are you know labeled and refinished already. So yeah, it takes up a lot of space. A disassembled car, and I, I can't. I mean, you know, and it's a triumph. Imagine 
disassembling, you know, a 58 Cadillac. What would that be like? You would need like eight spaces for all the parts, you know? <laughs> so, it's fun. True. Yeah, I, it, uh, now, I really haven't had a whole lot of garage time to get in, but um, last week I managed to awaken the 87 Caprice Classic Wagon and uh, That's great. get it back out and on the road. Um, yep, it had a little fuel issue going on, mm-hmm. so we delved into that and spent about an hour, and voila, we're back on the road. And so I've, uh, you know, been spiriting it back and forth to the store and everywhere else since then. But uh, what a great dependable car that is, and it's just kind of fun to get behind the wheel of a wagon again. Um, and it's good. I've got another too. wagon too. I've got. A... Yeah, they were a good-looking car. Um, you know, the only thing I'll say is I, I, now this one has the Bolts engine in it. I wish, wish it had a little more juice, you know. Um, you know, they're pretty smogged down. I have, right off the top of my head, I'm thinking it was about 140 or 150 horses. Um, was it real? You know, and up here in the mountains, you need a little extra, extra guts to get up the mountain, you know, and, uh. Yeah. Yeah. What engine? It does the job, but. What's that? Was that a 305 engine or a 350? Yeah, 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 305. Yeah. I would have been I happier that. with 350. Uh, not that the 305 is a bad engine, I just would have preferred the 350. Yeah, a lot more talk, exactly. But, uh, no, they're good engines, they really are. Just a little weak. I had my 305 in my 84 yeah. Trans Am. Yeah. Well, good for you. Nothing like owning a station wagon. They come in here all the time. You go to the big box stores, you know. Yeah. I mean, I had that LTD wagon. I could fit a sheet of plywood in there, no problem, and close the gate. Yeah, I missed that. Yeah, that was one good thing. I, I literally took it to the grocery store, and it was great. That three, three-way tailgate, pop that thing, you know, open it up, throw all the groceries in, you know, it was convenient. And, of course, you run into a ton of people out there. Um, you know, gosh, I grew up with one of those. My mom had one of those. We all used to ride in the back seat looking out the rear window and you know, that right. sort of thing. So, anyway, uh, I've got a, I've got two of them. I've got the um, Caprice Classic, the 87, and then I also have a 77 um, Matador wagon, which is a little bit, um, a little bit rare. But, uh, that is rare. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that you 77 Matador, it's got that coffin nose on the front of it, yeah. Wow. You're a glutton for punishment. A Matador wagon. Yeah. It's it's a great car. Uh, low low mileage to recommission it. I have not had it out on the road in recent months, so it, it needs a little bit of... Uh, TLC to get back out there. Not a lot, but a little bit. So, um, good. We were talking about talking about models the other day, and you know, you built a lot of models. I, I built a fair number of models. I didn't build a ton of models. Um, I remember one summer I spent a couple of weeks in Albany, New York, with some friends of the family. It was my first big trip away from home. 
and I built, I bet, probably eight or nine models that week uh, during that two-week period. Um, I still have them. They're up in the attic somewhere. I need to get them out, clean them off, put them back together where the glue has kind of gotten old and, you know, the wheels have yep. fallen off and that sort of thing. Speaking yeah, of wheels, uh, gentlemen, the- speaking of wheels, uh, did you perfect a method where the wheels would turn? Uh, on putting the, on the that, bottle. Yeah, I know. You know, supposedly you glued them on, but I wanted them to roll, so I figured out how to uh, put the dab of glue on the outside and put the wheel on the shaft and keep it where it would roll. I yeah, thought I think I did that too for ingenuity. Right. You know, a model that wouldn't roll was just a stationary model and couldn't go anywhere. And you had to make the one time me, my brother we we built this giant uh battleship, the USS Enterprise, and it oh. must have been three feet long. But as we were building it, we filled the hull of the ship with firecrackers. So <laughs> once we were done we exploded the thing and blew the the smithereens and boy was that fun. Yep, that was fun. But yeah, I I used to build models all the time. In fact, my first job out of college was I was a model maker for a engineering firm in Manhattan, and we used to build scale models and the components for uh, nuclear power plants, like the Cook plant outside of Chicago and things like that, and. That was just like an extension of, you know, my hobby as a kid, building models and getting paid to do that. So that was fun. But uh, I also got into the 143rd scale models, the white metal models, uh, Bob and Moulage. And uh, they have all the interesting, you know, sports cars and racing cars from Le Mans and things like that. And I got a bunch of them sitting on my shelf. So, uh, yeah, you know, building models is, is, is very relaxing. Uh and then when you're done, you have something to show for yourself, you know, instead of sitting there watching. Okay, we'll take a break, folks. Be right back. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. I've been our... My- Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. 
J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. All right, folks. You know, we're back. Yeah, Tom and I were talking the other day about models and stuff, and I said to him, I always wanted the invisible V8 engine. I never got it as a kid. That was like my dream toy. I was hoping Santa Claus would bring it to me every year, but he never did. So, uh, and you had it, Tom, huh? That must have been a treat. Yeah, well, so, you know, here's the thing that uh, that's interesting about that. And, you know, I, I never caught the visible V8. Just like you, I always wanted the visible V8. Every year, I wanted the visible V8. I didn't. Get oh, I thought you had V8. it. Kind of like I wanted it. No, 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 no. Yeah, I wanted, I, I wanted it, but I didn't get it. And so, I ended up with the Wankel. So I have the visible rotary, the visible Wankel oh, engine, okay. uh, which is actually kind of an oddball compared to the visible V8, but. To me, not as exciting. I wanted to, you know, see the pistons going up and down and the, the little, you know, they had little, uh, lights for the spark plugs and all that stuff. And, uh, so I was a little bit disappointed. The other one, other model that I used to, a friend of mine and I, we built several of because we, you know, we always wanted everything to be motorized. David, you know, you and David both mentioned, you know, wanting to try to figure out ways to engineer your model so that the wheels would roll. And there was a model manufacturer called Lindbergh Line. And yeah. one yeah. of the big things for Lindbergh Line was it was motorized, you know. You could build a boat model and, and it would be motorized. And, you know, that was really exciting. Every one of those things that I built and that Woody built, uh, you know, you had to wind the motor and everything, do all the windings manually and build the motor. It never worked. It was junk. It was garbage. We right. laugh about it to worked. this day. Uh, I know. Never, no how it worked. Part. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were just little suckers, you know. <laughs> yeah. Sucker, <laughs> that motor's going to make what you did. give up modeling. <laughs> what, what I did was I, I used uh, to put the plastic bodies on top of a slot car chassis, and, and I would make my own slot car and uh, take that to the uh, Peter Pan slot car track near my house on Nostrand Avenue in Brooklyn, and uh, that was a lot of fun. I had the only slot car of its kind. You know, because I managed to fit the body of a regular plastic car kit onto the onto the brass chassis, and that was pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, slot cars played a big role in my childhood too. I mean, shoot, they were a lot of fun. Great way to spend the Saturday afternoon. Now, I've ne- 
never went to the larger slot. You're, you're talking about a larger scale slot car track where people competed against one another and that sort of thing, where they had large tracks set up. Is that what yeah. you're talking about? Yeah, they yeah, yeah. they were 124 scale, cars, 125th scale, and yeah, the tracks were big, you know, and uh, we had our own controllers and stuff, and boy, was that a lot of fun, and I used to envy this one kid, he had the chaparral, and boy, I wanted that in the worst way, but it was expensive, it was like $20, I mean, who could afford $20 back when you're, you know, 10 years old, and uh, <laughs> the orange of Cucaracha, that was a fast little slot car, and those things go for big bucks today. Yeah, you know, you look for them on eBay and stuff, and it's like, wow, I could buy a real car for this price of these slot cars. But, uh, yeah, great memories, a lot of fun, and a whole lot better than sitting in your room all day, you know, doing video games. <laughs> no doubt. These, these kids are missing out on a lot of fun. I have, I have the Aurora, um, set. Yeah, I, I, I never, too. never participated in the big one, but I, I had the Aurora sets. I had, a huge one set up. I I would spend all day setting that thing up and then getting everything, right. you know, because it would, you know, you, you didn't have the track just so, you know, so that everything was touching the way it's supposed to and everything. You know, you had those little, the one that I had anyway, it had those little pins that you had to put in there and then you had to make sure that the contacts hit from each piece of yep. track to the next piece of track and everything. Yeah. It was a lot of fun, though. We we had a blast, but I do yeah. kind of wish that I'd used the or, or or participated in the larger scale. Um, but I was too young at that time, and by the time I got old enough to you know participate in that with the older kids, that was already gone. There there weren't any around anymore, you know, because you no. being vastly older than I. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, you were the uh, Pac-Man generation. We were the slot car generation. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we have. I mean, honestly, there's a little bit of truth to that. Yeah, a little bit of truth to that. <laughs> I spent a lot of quarters, that's for sure. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. In fact, you know, we, we had a uh, a train set up in our break in our basement, lying out with our Texas Special F3, and uh, around the train setup, we had. Uh, our slot car track, which was a 132nd scale Strombecker. And it came with a, a Jaguar E-Type Coupe and the Aston Martin from, uh, what do you call it, from uh, James Bond. And then had a Ferrari Red GTO. And, uh, boy, that was a lot of fun. We just spent hours. We just take the little green army men, chop off their legs and put red paint to put them on the train track as if they got run over. And, boy, just, <laughs> just so much fun. We had the rocket launcher in the middle. Use <laughs> the rocket. <laughs> Just great stuff. Great memories. You, you haven't you haven't changed. You haven't changed a bit. You, you're no. still the same. <laughs> I'm, still the, I'm still a young, stupid young kid. <laughs> the, uh, I. Oh, it's break time. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 
1-800-273-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr drive through time with peace of mind jc taylor when it comes to car magazines are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you then crankshaft is the car magazine for you crankshaft is a 144 page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories the type of car features you won't find anywhere else it features american and foreign cars pre and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars muscle cars and regular family sedans too to discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs> And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. All right, Tom, take it away. We're back. So, you know, I I was thinking about something related to last week's show and the, the previous week's show, and we were talking about really great gifts to give people. One really good gift that I forgot to mention a really good pair of coveralls that are properly sized to the wearer. There's nothing better. You know, that, that's, you know, I talked about taking the cars and, and dry, actually driving them, which is what, you know, I really love to do. There's nothing wrong with showing cars. I've shown cars too, but I love driving. And, you know, if you're going to drive old cars, you are going to need tools on hand. You're going to need some parts on hand. If you're going to venture, you know, two, three, four, five hours away from home. And one of the things that goes into my milk crate, which, you know, my theory is that I can fit all the spare parts I need to keep going with the exception of some sort of major catastrophic mechanical failure. I can fit into a milk crate. And then on the top of the milk crate, I got my coveralls you know you get on the side of the road you don't want to ruin your clothes working on a car you just hop out throw your coveralls on and and get busy you know that's that's a pretty good idea but you know if you own british cars you won't have to worry about breaking down because they're never going to start to begin with so uh (laughs) (laughs) you won't be able to get out of the garage (laughs) you won't be able to get out of the garage (laughs) You're gonna need the coveralls. You're gonna need yeah. the coveralls, though. You know, when you're you, when you're sweeping up that rust, and you know, right. you're rolling around in that giant puddle of oil, <laughs> your, your British car. Yeah, you know, you're you right. Want to protect your clothing. You know, you do. I mean, uh, that's a good idea. Overall, good idea. And you know, you could buy some patches and. Uh, Throw some patches onto the overalls, your favorite box, like Hudson or things like that, and uh, be an individual, be distinctive. That's cool. Good idea. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I actually have a um, Nash had service schools, as all the manufacturers did, 
for mechanics, particularly the uh, shop supervisors. Uh, they would go to factory uh, training classes, and, you know, they would get pins for having completed the factory training. They would get various things, plaques and so forth, that they could put in uh, the garage to impress their customers with their knowledge and the fact that they had been educated. And Nash, at one time, you would go to the Nash Technical School, and they would give you this really fancy uh, shop supervisor's coat. You know, it's white with these brass buttons, and it's got a little red belt on it, and the lapels are red. Um, and I've got one of those uh, from Scharf Nash Motor Sales, uh, which was um, out in... Uh, Montana, somewhere, um, way out in the middle of nowhere. But I have the uh, Sharf Nash Motors shop coat. And you talk about being unique. I wore it when I went to the uh, AMC Kenosha Homecoming um, out there and ended up on the front page of Kenosha News. So there you go. Wow. Being distinctive, it pays off. It does. It does. That's very cool. Wow. Hmm. I don't have anything like that. Well, I'll make my own. <laughs> but, but you can buy yeah. some of those. Yeah, you can buy some of those shop jackets and things like that and just individualize it with your own stuff. Good idea. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of fun. I've done that, too. I, I've, I've got a pair of insulated coveralls that I've bought all the patches for and sewed them on and uh, use it for wintertime. Of course, I don't really like the cold much, so they don't get a lot of use. Um, I like it cold around Christmas time, but I don't like it cold when I'm working on my cars. Uh, now, another thing that we talked about, too, is why people collect what they do. Uh, you know, why do people get involved in the antique car hobby? And, you know, there's 50 million answers to that question but I think most people who are in the anti-car hobby are sentimental in some fashion I think it really has to start with that you know you um, somewhere in your existence um, an automobile played some sort of role uh, got you involved in the hobby you know me I guess it, you know, I always loved driving, riding down the road. My parents would constantly go back to my mother's family uh, down in North Carolina, and we would drive along all these country roads. And I would sit in the back seat and keep a sharp eye out for cars that were sitting behind buildings or in the woods or other places. You know, by that time, of course, you know, Cars looked significantly different. You know, when you saw the old 50s cars, they were round and bulbous. And, you know, what mom and dad had was not round and bulbous. And so it just sort of uh, intrigued me. And so I would start finding all these cars as we were driving down to my mom's parents' place. Or, yeah, and her family. And, uh, you know, I remembered that. And then I, I don't know, something about kind of... Uh, being Dr. Frankenstein, bringing it back to life, you know. Um, I remember the first time I 
awakened the car from its decades-long slumber. <laughs> I got it to fire off, and I just ran around going, it's alive, it's alive, you know. Um, I don't know, you know, it's just uh, one of those things where, you know, a different story. Um, and then I got into Hudson's. There was a Hudson that we passed every day on my way to uh, way to school in the carpool, and this Hudson sat behind a uh, an old uh, gas station, and it was there forever. And one day I just told my mother I wanted to go by there and stop. I uh, walked in and talked to the owner, and I ended up buying it for $75, unknown mm. to my mother. Uh, I told told my dad when I got home that I told the guy I was going to buy it, and I'd given him 20 when I was there that I had rolled up in my pocket. So, But, but anyhow, yeah. You know, some, something about bringing them back and putting them back on the road that really appeals to me, too. What about you? You were on the stoop. I was. I mean, uh, I grew up, I was born and raised in uh, on Ocean Parkway in Brooklyn, and that's where we lived from 56 to uh, 61. And uh, the center part of Ocean Parkway is six lanes of traffic, and then it, it there's two outer lanes on either side separated by a walkway and a horse path, believe it or not. And uh, it was, you know, eight lanes of traffic going by my house constantly. And I could sit on my stoop as a little kid and just watch all the cars go by and the colors and things like that. And I was like, I was totally enthralled by it. It was like, wow, look at all these different cars. Look at the colors. Ooh, look what it sounds like. Ooh. And, you know, day in and day out. For five years, that's all I looked at was, you know, cars going by the house. You know, eight lanes of traffic. That's a lot, you know. <laughs> and then, you know, as you a got lot older, of traffic. a lot of traffic. And, you know, as you got older in the city, in the uh, 60s and 70s, it was just an awful time living in New York City. There was abandoned cars, stolen cars all over the place. Every time I saw something of interest, I would, you know, hop off my Stingray bicycle and... uh and get in the car and see what it felt like, see what it looked like, see what kind of badges I could pop off and, and bring back to my bedroom. And, uh, you know, it just kind of grows on you, you know. Then you start watching Wild World of Sports and you see the Formula One races and NASCAR and all that stuff. And it's like, before you know it, you're hooked, you know. But like I said, you get into slot cars and before you know it, you just want a car of your own. And there it goes. You're addicted. <laughs> so... Yeah, wheels played a big role for me, too. I, I can't discount that whatsoever. I think when I really started to get, you know, heavy into it was, like I said, from the back seat of my parents' car on the way to family in North Carolina. But uh, I can't discount the whole Hot Wheels and Matchbox thing. I used to have those in my pockets all the time. You know, when I went to school, sure. uh, you know, we had Matchbox cars in our pocket or or hot wheels in my pocket i was more of a more of a matchbox guy than i was yep, a hot wheels did. guy i don't know i like the stock cars but you know the one thing that i wish they could have done and they eventually did but by that time you know i, I wasn't a kid anymore they came up with with matchbox super fast you know because oh, i was yeah. always bummed out because the hot wheels man those things would fly the <laughs> the matchbox, you know, you you push them as hard as you want, they go about six inches and stop. You know? <laughs> right? No, no. 
the Hot Wheels, those things zoomed, man. Fast. Yep. And we had the motorific. Remember those motorific? Like 132nd scale? It had a battery in it. Oh, yeah. Well, I forgot about those. Yeah. Motorific. Forgot about I only them. had one. Yeah. You know, toys are fun, you know. We used to wait for that uh, Sears Christmas catalog, what they call it, the wish book. We should sit there and look at all the, you know, uh, slot car tracks that you could buy and train sets and radio controls. It's still expensive, you know. But, uh, yeah, good stuff. Great memories. Yeah. I, I mean, now, now you bring all of that up. I, um, as I sit here thinking, I must have been perhaps three, four years old, and my parents bought me this toy that was like a little miniature car dashboard and had a steering wheel on it and turn signals and you know, I remember had that. a fake radio and a little windshield and everything. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just now thinking about that. Oh, no, it's time for a break. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE, or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783, or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. And want to remind everybody that Crankshaft Magazine is the perfect Christmas gift. And you can still order it online. And uh, I assume, uh, Richard, that you can still get the notice out or whatever. But uh, it, it, whether you do or don't, it, it doesn't matter as long as you remember to order Crankshaft Magazine for that car lover person that you've got to give the perfect gift to. So we'll be back with more of the Classic Car Show right after a couple of messages. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. Christmases and the toys and all of those things and you know you and I were just you know while we were during break talking about the fact that you know, we used to get all those wish books me I loved getting the J.C. Whitney catalogs and oh yeah 
flyers from West, Western Auto. Uh, that way I could look through. Of course, Western Auto, I can't wait to see J.C. Whitney did, but, um, you know, because they had a lot of bicycle stuff in the Western Auto catalog. You know, all kinds of horns, different lights, and all that sort of stuff. So all of that played a role, you know. And But we were just thinking that most kids today, they don't have that. They're fully engaged in screen time. And they want video games for Christmas, right? They do. I, I don't get it. I mean, you know, there's some cool automotive and racing and... Fast and Furious games, things like that. But, uh, to sit on a couch all day for eight hours and just do videos, uh, I, I don't get it. When we used to be out and about, you know, putting baseball cards in the spokes of our Stingray motor, uh, bicycle and playing with slot cars and frisbee football, you know, sick ball in the street, soup ball. We used to have a ball, do all kinds of activities. So, uh, yeah, kids are today, you know, Again, you don't, you don't even have a Sears wish book anymore, so they can't sit there and dream. So, uh, yeah, crazy time. Right. It is what it is. So, yeah, is, is that but I, you know, yeah. you know, to that point, I, I, it's been, I guess, twenty years now. But I engaged in a psychological experience. Uh, experiment, excuse me. And a f- close friend of mine, who, actually who I mentioned earlier, Woody, uh, he and I used to build the Lindbergh line motors that never worked. When he had his uh, first child, um, young son, I decided I was going to build a mobile to go over their crib. And so I sat down and I made copies of this and I cut out things and I pasted them together with cardboard. I had little little paper Hudsons and little paper Nashes in the center. I had a Hudson emblem and I had a Nash emblem. And at the very bottom, I had a photograph of, of Charles Nash. And uh, ah. anyhow, it was pretty large. It hung over their crib. I took it down there, I mean, right after they brought him home from the hospital. And uh, right. Woody and I, uh, you know, thank God his wife put up with it. But Woody and I arranged this contraption so that we could hang it directly over the crib. And I, I built another one uh, for his second son, who was born two years later. And... I did a similar thing, slightly different cars, but still Hudsons and Nashes and Ramblers, and I think I had had George Romney hanging in the center of that one. And uh, believe it or not, (laughs) what's that? You really were an oddball kid. You see, you're out there in the country and all that stuff. Oh yeah, it your brain. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's good. Good, good for me. It was good for me. I, I didn't have all that lead in my water, you know, and all that carbon monoxide that you sucked in out there on the stoop, you know, as you're growing up. Yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, you know, believe it or not, uh, both Patrick and Tristan, his boys, are both into cars, and they both have ramblers to this day. Oh, boy. Uh, 
both of them are are out of out of college. Uh, one of them is uh, in the military, uh, and he is going to be an air traffic controller, and uh, the other is uh, working in the shipbuilding industry. And uh, but both of them have ramblers. So you know, it was successful. It was it a was. diabolical experiment that I had come up with, and it worked. So you know what? Don't worry, folks. Think about it. Be creative. Come up with a, a mobile. You know, the next infant that's born to your family, make a little mobile of cars and stick it over top of their crib. Uh, it, it works. In fact, what was it? Uh, Patrick's second word of course, every child's first word is mama, but his second word was rambler, a rambler. <laughs> I don't now remember, but he could barely get it out. But, yeah, so pretty funny uh, as I think about it. So, you know, fear not. There's still a way to indoctrinate the children. There is. There's and a mobile over a crib, that's ideal. That's fantastic. I had birds. I don't know. No wonder I don't like birds. <laughs> birds, huh? That's <laughs> all we had it from. It was pigeons, pigeons and sparrows. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, no uh, crested nutthatch or no warblers. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, you know, with the new year almost upon us, this would be an ideal time if uh, you want a certain car. Go out and get it before it's too late, before you kick the bucket, you know? <laughs> Enjoy life while you can. Uh, <laughs> That's uplifting. Uh, thank it you. Is. I feel inspired. <laughs> you tell you what, I mean, you know, hon, I, before I kick the bucket, I'd really love to have this car. Is that going to be okay? Right. I'm not feeling so well. <laughs> I mean, with COVID and everything, people are getting, you know, the vaccinated and they're finding out that a lot of young kids under 30 are dying of massive heart attacks from these vaccines. So uh, no one knows what's going on. Enjoy life while you can. Go out and get that Nash or the Hudson or an Oldsmobile or a Triumph. Enjoy it while you can. Don't let that 401, you know, all that money sit there doing nothing. Enjoy life. Buy an old car. Have fun before it's too late. You know? That's the way I look and at it. That's true. Don't hang on to that that money like Richard, you know, don't, no, don't let it gather dust. Do something positive with your money. Go out and buy a car. Join a car club. Join the AACA. Go to events. You know, make it a point in, in 2000, uh, in, in 2023 to go to more car shows and, and get out there instead of sitting at home doing nothing. Uh, I know I'm, planning to go to as many events as possible. But I just found out that the AMC National Convention is going to be in Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah. And, uh, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, you know I'm going to be yeah. there. So you're going to have to put up with me. Yeah, come on down for that. That's going to be literally a few miles from my house. And uh, let me see. That is going to take place uh, June 24th. June 23rd to the 25th here in Knoxville. And uh, that's going to be a great event. And the AACA has a Southeast Divisional Tour in Oak Ridge, which is right near my house. And uh, well, oh, the Lotus Convention, L-O-G, the log, they call it, the end of August, that's going to be in Knoxville. 
And the Pontiac Oakland Club International is in Murfreesboro, outside of Nashville. That's going to be in June. So we got a lot of things happening in Tennessee, man. I'm telling you, I moved here at the right time. I really did. Yeah, a lot of car events here. No, there are a lot of car events. You know, Knoxville, Eastern Tennessee, um, Southwestern Virginia, really yep. big car um, car areas. A um, lot, lot going on. Uh, not a lot going on right at the moment, but a lot going on. And then, of course, we're going to have the AACA um, annual convention. It's going to be in Williamsburg, Virginia, and that's I'll be going there. to be the second weekend in February. I might be there. I don't know. And you know what? This is a perf- perfect time to bring something up. and uh, gives me an opportunity to say something nice about you for a change. Um, you know, this is my... I, I'm just completing my 16th year of the Antique Automobile Club of America uh, Board of Directors. And uh, it's coming to a close. I've got mere weeks left to uh, continue serving on, on our national board. Uh, it's been a great ride. Uh, prior to that, I you know was involved in a lot of other uh, activities in AACA, and I'll still be involved um, a lot with AACA even after. But uh, we uh, just had our most recent elections for the AACA National Board, and we had had three openings, one of which was my seat, soon to be vacated, and uh, so I'm kind of pleased to be able to say that I've been keeping the seat warm for my pal Richard, says uh, Richard was elected to the AACA National Board of Directors, and uh, so now I know that my well-worn seat will be occupied by by someone who uh, really is going to do a lot to help our help our antique car hobby. So I, I couldn't be prouder, couldn't be happier. Uh, well, thank congratulations, you. Richard. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. And now we're really going to do stuff instead of you sitting on your butt for 16 years doing nothing, thinking about. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was. We want to get to work. <laughs> doing nothing, sitting around. You know. Yeah, never, uh, never out on the road, never, never doing anything. Yeah, no, that was that was me. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, it's uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be my God. Thank yeah, you. it'll so, be a good ride. You're going to do a good job, and uh, and I'll still be, I'll still be, I'll be be around. I'll be uh, catcalling you. You know, I'll be yeah. raising hell. I'll be one of those uh, curmudgeons complaining about you know you're not doing anything. So it's all good. Well. Folks, it's been great. We're closing in on a year of the Classic Car Show. We really appreciate it. We're not always perfect. We screw up. We have issues. We have technical problems. But you know what? We're car people. We love it, don't we? Yes, we do. It's a lot of fun. And uh, we'll come up with some uh, more interesting, well, we hope it's interesting, content for 2023. So until then, <laughs> <laughs> Everybody happy have a very merry Christmas. Arriva Darchi. and uh cheap tools are bad, cheap cars are good. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.